welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the Hive, joined by my boy, Tommy V, from the land of Disney. Tommy, how you hanging in there? Uh, hanging in there the best that I can. Uh, obviously, it's kind of a somber mood right now. Um, things have just escalated to an unbelievable degree over the past week. Uh, you know, we've got almost every major sport has been, you know, postponed or canceled. Uh, I mean, the last we were talking to each other, we were talking about, you know, them potentially doing the uh, NCAA tournament with, with nobody, and now they've canceled it and canceled the rest of the NBA and the NHL season. So it's uh, an unprecedented time. It's nothing we've ever seen in our lifetimes, uh, all of this stuff getting canceled. But, you know, uh, COVID-19 is really no joke. Uh, so, you know, it's a good thing. You know, we just need to stay home. That's why we're producing all this content for you guys to listen to. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's very, very crazy right now. So, uh, you know, I just hope everyone is staying safe, staying home, staying healthy. Uh, I don't know. What do you got, Mikey? Uh, you know, anything in the sports world that we can even talk about right now? Anything, you know, cool you've been hearing about? Well, I, there definitely have been players that have stepped up, like uh, Bobrovsky. He he came out and said that he would donate $100,000 to um, the employees from the arena. And that's awesome. pretty much every NHL arena that's owned by, like, owned by the team has stepped mm-hmm. up. Except the Bruins, unless something has changed recently. But the Boston Bruins owner has not come out and said that he would support anyone. So, like, some of the players have created, like, a GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just kind of disgusting the way some of these, you know, 1% of our country operate. Like, you are a billionaire. Yeah. And you are not going to take care of the people that work in your arena and are just getting by that's sickening yeah it's um it's kind of a it's really a crazy thing um like i said i mean i know it's an unprecedented situation and i mean i know um you know it's turning a lot of people into um like into villains almost i mean like i know a lot of people don't really know how to respond to these kinds of things but it's shown a lot of true colors you know in in people that are you know, more concerned with uh, with the me than the everyone else. And, I mean, you know, you've seen that a lot with people who are really ignoring the severity of uh, of this, you know, call to, to stay home and, and, you know, to not go out there and, and potentially, you know, infect other people. And, and there are people that are just taking all this like a sabbatical. And it's, uh, it's, it's really not the right way to do it. You know, I, I can understand people... You know, you get cabin fever, you get cooped up, but, you know, it's just all for the good of making sure that this doesn't explode into, you know, a terrible thing. But um, And all you're doing is, is extending yeah. it, really. Yeah. And, and, you know, instead of this being a couple of weeks, this could be our reality until, you know, end of summer and, and beyond. So, yeah, you know, you and I are both millennials and, and we're getting a lot of heat because you know, throughout the country, millennials are still going to bars that are yep. open. And, yep. you know, I saw the picture of uh, Clearwater Beach, you know, yeah. pretty much the same beach that we were on about a month yeah. ago mm-hmm. with thousands of people on it. Oh, I mean, it, it was even worse. I mean, there was a, you know, the, the, the you know, so Disney, Disney World in Orlando announced that they were going to shut down. And, um, you know, they, 
I think they said it was going to be uh, like on, I don't know, the 14th or 15th. So like the day before Disney shut down, there was a picture of just like thousands and thousands of people that, you know, went to Disney for the last hurrah. And it's like, you guys just don't get it. Like you, you don't get it. Like, you know, you could downplay the severity of this as much as you want, but you know, just because we're healthy people, we're, we don't have any, you know, immunodeficiency issues and we're not compromised, but you know, I, I could be healthy in carrying this. And then all of a sudden someone who's in their sixties or seventies who doesn't have the ability to fight off this, uh, this virus is, is going to end up sick or God forbid dead. People just don't realize it. So like I said, it's a very somber thing and it's um, something that we need to pay attention to our, you know, our group of, of, you know, group as millennials, the people younger than us, even older than us, just, you know, stay home you know, enjoy the comfort of your own home with the people that you love and just don't go out. That's all. Just don't go out. You know, eventually it'll be over. Life will go back to normal. But the longer that we ignore what we're being told to do, uh, the longer that we're going to put ourselves in this position. So it's uh, very harrowing, very harrowing stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, to tie this to hockey, um, the first case um, has been announced that there there's a player on the Ottawa Senators that has tested positive for mm-hmm. coronavirus. And um, you, you think about how basketball and NHL share a lot of the same arenas. Yep, a, yep. A team that a bunch of people have tested positive is the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And the Ottawa Senators shared the Brooklyn Nets um, locker room the last time that they played in Brooklyn. Yeah. And, you know... You you might be able to trace it back to that, and then you have to think about the Islanders who played them, and you know it's just it's kind of scary to think how long the virus can stay on you without mm-hmm. any you know any signs of symptoms or anything like that. Yeah, know? for sure. So for I, sure. I think it- we all definitely need to take this serious. Um, you know, stay home, throw on some good music, throw yeah. on some good podcasts, uh, do things around the house work from home if you are lucky mm-hmm. enough and uh yeah. we just gotta ride this out and take care of take care of each other and help when you can um you know we we definitely are are strong resilient people so mm-hmm. uh you know just gotta ride the course and uh i guess we could talk more about this on our outro but i would definitely like to kind of make this a little bit of an escape for people you know, sure. who are starting to already get cabin fever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though NHL isn't going on right now, mm-hmm. we're, we're not the expert podcast anyway. We are more like the fan experience and, and the crossover. So sure. we are going to continue doing this, continue putting out episodes weekly for you. Uh, we have tons of tons of great guests that are lined up. And, uh, our first guest in all this craziness is our boy Dusty from Beloved, from The Almost, from Dead Poetic. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's crazy, man. You know, uh, Beloved was, you know, um, among kind of the, the couple of bands that really got me into, you know, hardcore and melodic hardcore. And um, so I'm really excited to, to chat with him a bit. And uh you know, we'll we'll talk to him about it uh, in our interview. But you know, um, 
Uh, Beloved hasn't played a show in 15 years. And here they are uh, gearing up to play uh, Furnace Fest, which we uh, uh, touched on a little bit in our interview with uh, Grant from Under Oath a couple of pods back. Uh, but, uh, you know, Beloved is, is playing, um, I think as well, I believe Dead Poetic is actually playing too. So I think uh, our boys pulling double duty potentially, but um, it's going to be great to, to hear from them and, and you know, see how, how excited they are to come back and to see what's, what's coming up for the future for them. So uh, without further ado, sit back, relax, listen to our interview with uh, Dusty, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Dusty, of Beloved, of The Almost, of Dead Poetic. Like, holy crap, what a list. <laughs> yeah, man, I got a long resume, dude. Yeah, I'd say. What you've been up to, I, I know that you are in the, the grocery world working with Whole Foods. Has it just been absolutely bonkers? Dude, it's been, uh, I've heard it's been crazy. I picked a really good week to take vacation. So um, I've been messaging like my other team leaders and stuff. And they're just like, oh, it's crazy, man. People are like waiting outside the doors. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy, dude. It's, uh, it's our chance to finally shine, you know, as like market people. Yeah, you could pay your $75 for a, a package of toilet paper there. Dude, it's nuts, man. I've seen all these like time lapse videos of like grocery stores with like pallets of like toilet paper. And it's like it's like a three hour thing just watching it get demolished. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's ridiculous, dude. 
I, I, it's actually funny. So I, uh, you know, I work for, uh, for Best Buy and, uh, you know, they finally kind of got with, with what needed to happen and they've started to do some reduced hours and are, are making some changes, you know, to, to kind of go along with what's been impacting everyone. But right, uh, like around the corner for me, there's a Costco and, uh, apparently so like the lines at the Costco and like what's been happening at this Costco has been so crazy that they've been like doing like news, like local news about it. And uh, there's just been like helicopter after helicopter, just like circling this Costco to get like video feed of it. So Whoa. like, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting in Best Buy, like, and all of a sudden, like, I just hear like <laughs> chopper after chopper. And it's like, it's like, is the apocalypse happening? Like what is happening outside? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, this is bringing out some of the, the best in people, but it's also bringing out some of the worst in people. And that's kind of, you know, when, when chaos like this happens, you know, it kind of shows the world who's really, you know, in it for the the right things and who might not be. So kind of <laughs> interesting to see that come out and the people that you th think, you know, or are happy that, you know, but it is a wild time for sure. Yeah, dude, mad world, man. It's a mad world right now, but it's just, dude, you know, this is that stuff. Like I have a, I have an eight-year-old son and a, a, a three-year-old son. And I was telling mm -hmm. my eight-year-old, I was like, "This is like crazy, dude. Like, you're gonna remember this. You know, everything will go back to normal, but you're gonna like remember when you were young. Like, this is like, yeah. this like weird time. Like, we couldn't go anywhere. Like, couldn't go into any restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like, man, super, just super weird time, man. Yeah, and I mean, you know, probably twenty, twenty, thirty years from now, you know, this is gonna be a, a period of u.s history that they're going to talk about it's going to be published in you know in you know history symposiums and stuff you know they're going to talk about oh you know that 2019 covid19 outbreak where you know like it essentially shut the whole country down and it's just it's crazy to think that you know it, this is we're living this history you know and and there's going to be a time where there's going to be kids that you know had no idea what this is and they're going to be you know getting tested on this stuff you know it's kind of it, it's a wild thing to think about yeah it's weird man i don't want to spend too much time talking about the coronavirus right now <laughs> but i do just want to share a personal story so i'm a fourth grade teacher and the past month we've been reading this book called blue which is about the polio outbreak in hickory north carolina and it's just so ironic that you know, they, they had a quarantine neighborhoods that they had to set up like these makeshift polio hospitals. And it sounds so much like current events right now. So, you know, a lot of my students have already been kind of prepped for some of these discussions and, and you know, really seeing communities come together, to work together to, you know, get over these crazy times. But it was just so ironic that a month ago I started that read aloud. Whoa! Do you feel like it's your fault? Do you think that you helped? <laughs> do, you, do you think that you like had a had a part in this, Mikey? I do not. I wish I had like more importance in this world, but I I <laughs> I'm a pretty much a homebody that does a podcast and watches Islander games, and that's pretty much. It. <laughs> yeah, man, you spoke it into existence. That's what yeah, you dude. did. You yeah, you did. All Whatever right. helps you sleep at night, Mike. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess let's just hop right into the beloved reunion that you guys have uh, knock on wood penciled for at Furnace Fest. So yeah. how did they finally convince you boys to come out of retirement and to 
to go play this festival. Dude, this has been something that like the majority of us, like all of us in the band, except for Josh, really, this is something like we've been pretty much trying every year since we broke up. Um, but last year, man, it's weird. I was at my parents' house having dinner randomly, and uh, I got a call on my cell phone from Chad Johnson, who used to run Take Hold Records. He was our A&R guy at Tooth and & Nail in Solid State, and he was the one that put on Furnace Fest for the years that it was an active festival. And uh, Chad and I, we've sort of stayed in contact, so like I didn't really think much when I saw his call, but I was having dinner, so I sent it to voicemail, and when I was able to check the voicemail, I was like, he he said, hey, like, you know, we're we're talking about putting on Furnace Fest. Uh, we got a few talent buyers like you guys are one of the like few bands that we all really agree on that we want to kind of like start this thing off with. And, you know, what would it take? You know, which is crazy because it was such a surreal moment anyway, sort of, because it, it was like a flashback to like 20 years ago like when I lived at my parents' house, having these phone calls with Chad Johnson about trying to play Furnace Fest, like the first time we ever did it. So it was really like cathartic and weird and like exciting. Like immediately I was like, my gut was like, man, this is, there's no way we've, we've tried getting like Josh on board before and it never worked. But um, I was like, you know, I, I called Joe and Johnny to kind of gauge their interest and, we had like a meetup and got coffee and kind of talked about like how, Hey, like how are we going to talk to Josh about this? Cause this, you know, this, this might be like our last legit shot to maybe even make it happen. Um, and long story short, man, Josh was like into it. You know, this was uh, like furnace fest was really special to us. And, and that time of uh, being a band was really special to us. So uh, yeah, he agreed, man. So, so we just kind of met up and, and jam to see if there was anything even there. And it's like, you know, we hit, we hit the E, the E chord, man, that, that first note of failure on my lips, man, one of yeah. our songs. And, and, uh-huh. and dude, it was just like goosebumps, you know, like haven't done that in so long. And it felt, man, it felt freaking awesome. So we've just been rehearsing and, and kind of getting ready, man. So to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, you know, these are, I mean, you know, so we're, we're talking about, you know, Failure On, which came out in, in like 2003. So, I mean, we're talking about some of these songs are 17, 18 years old. And I mean, you know, so with melodic hardcore still being relevant, but kind of changing over the years, like I think of bands like Hundredth and Counterparts and, you know, all these really good bands. Do you think that Beloved will fit in with some of these younger listeners who have never had the chance to listen to you guys? Dang, man. I, dude, I don't know, man. Like, honestly, honestly, Tommy, like, I've been so out of that world that hasn't really even crossed my mind. Like, I think, I think we're just so focused on trying to just be as tight and as, like, better than we've ever been. You know, we've all been playing since. So we're all better musicians and, uh, you know, older, uh, sure. more mature. So, I, you know, I think our focus has just been more on, like, making sure we we do this right and and that the people who do care and are stoked you know like we do it right for them and then hopefully in turn like the younger ones or 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 whoever you know are into it but i mean really this is like 
I don't want to say we're not doing it for for younger listeners or, or newer listeners, but man, sure. this is like this is this is this is as much for us as it is for like you know everybody who who came out to see us before and you know all the messages we get of people that found out about us after we broke up. So yeah. you know, like this is a it's really really important to us, and we're really just trying to make sure we do like a really awesome job with it. And, and I'm sure you guys will. I mean, you know, I, I, I like I said, listening to your to your music, and I mean, I, I think I have the pleasure of getting to see you guys maybe once, but um, you know, I mean, the, the the songs on that record, the songs on the running, I mean, they're just like these beautifully written, fantastic songs. And I mean, I I, I defy anyone, and I mean, you're gonna see it, I'm sure, when when you're playing Furnace Fest, but. You know, when you guys hit that breakdown in Death to Traders, I mean, like, I don't think anyone with I don't think anyone with a heartbeat, uh, you know, couldn't get pumped on that. And uh, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I wish I could be there, but I'm super looking forward to it for you guys. Uh, but um, I mean, but I get that, you know, the whole idea of it being cathartic, not just for for you know your listeners that have been clamoring to you know get to see beloved play, uh, but um, you know for you guys as well, uh, you know, to just get out there and experience in this time of your lives, you know, obviously. You know, you said you've got two two children, and I'm sure a lot of the other guys in the bands have families and have moved on. And I mean, but you know, 15 years is such a long time. So, I mean, in the you know, in the absence of 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 that you know camaraderie that you had with all of all of the people there, I mean, do you think this will spark something new in you guys to you know start making new music, or is that something you're not really even uh, thinking about yet? You're just kind of just trying to get to this moment now. Man, I like. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a good question. It's a loaded uh, question. Yeah, <laughs> it is a loaded question. Um, I mean, honestly, man, like we we've, we've definitely been talking about that. Um, like, hey, do we, you know, do we do we write stuff? Do we have it in us? Um, and and we're really not sure. We're kind of just taking it one step at a time, really. Like making sure we get our set down for mm-hmm. Furnace Fest. We've got a uh, a hometown show. Um, coming up in may near the end of may that we're doing it's it's like the thousand cap venue here in winston-salem that man we sold it out in like 24 hours um yeah which is which is crazy so like we've you know we've just been really kind of focusing on the tasks at hand and, and once we maybe get through furnace fest and um we'll just kind of see you know i think i think i hate to say like we're definitely all for writing because mm-hmm. i think i think josh still may be a little more on the fence about it just because he's been sure. so out of this world for so long sure, but sure. uh man like i don't know like matt and i and johnny and joe man we we definitely have thought about it you know like i've i've had phone calls with with guys at tooth and nail asking if we're gonna record another record and wow. and stuff like that which you know it's definitely always fun to think about but you know, we just want to make sure we're, we're just taking kind of one step at a time and, and taking the right step each each step we take. Awesome. Absolutely. So Tom mentioned, and I don't know if he's got his facts right, but is Dead Poetic also playing a set at Furnace Fest? Man, uh, if they are, it's not with me. Um, and not being like, oh, it's not with me, but like I... Uh, they may be doing it with more of like a the lineup that was in the band before me, but I last time I talked with Brandon, our singer, he 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 didn't mention it before. I'm sure Chad and, and the the crew reached out, 
to Dead Poetic, but I know Brandon, he's just he hasn't been much for for doing any kind of like live performing in a while. So um if they do, that'd be super awesome. I'd love to I'd love to see those guys and and whatever lineup they have, but no, it's it's not with with me in it at least. Way to go, Tom. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. I'm I'm, look, I'm I'm looking over it now, and uh, no, so Dead Poetic isn't isn't on the, uh, the the list here. But I mean, it is. It's just wild. I mean, you know, for me, like I said, when you know when I got into this kind of music, like my you know one of the one of the things I did is you know I went to um this festival called uh, Hellfest in, in 2004, which was in uh, Jersey. Oh, and yeah. I mean, you know, like some of the bands that are playing this, I mean, you know, all played that. I mean, uh, Boy Sets Fire, Converge, Code 7, 18 Vision, Zeo. I mean, like Evergreen Terrace. It's just um, looking at this lineup. I mean, like I say, I, I kick myself um, every day for not being able to go. You know, I'm, I'm getting married this year, um, which I'm oh, super man. pumped about. Uh, but uh I'm getting married in October. So obviously, you know, it's kind of scratching and saving. So, you know, a trip to Birmingham in September just isn't in the cards for me. But uh, sure. But however, um, one of the things I think that is great about this festival is I'm seeing a lot of these bands that are booked for this festival are, are popping up and playing shows, uh, whether it's, you know, just to kind of, you know, kind of shake the cobwebs off or, or they're getting ready to, to put out new music. But I mean, from Autumn to Ashes, I know is playing some shows. I know uh, Glass Eater is playing some shows. Um, mm-hmm. I think Life in Your Way is playing some shows around the Northeast area to get ready for it. I mean, it's just like, um, it, it's it's unbelievable. And I think um, in in kind of these these sort of darker times that we got going on, um, this festival is is like a super bright light uh, for a lot of people because it's just an opportunity to get to see some music that you may never get to see again. I mean, like for me, the two bands that literally jumped out at me were beloved and terminal like bands that like i oh, cool. I, I'm, I love so much uh you know you guys and terminal and it's just like i don't know if i'll ever get the opportunity to see you guys again so uh but i think it's a great thing uh you know for for the community for birmingham to put this all together um you know and i'm really uh, excited for it and i'm sure you are too but are, are there any bands that are playing the festival that you're super excited to see, maybe not even just like see them play, but just to like reconnect with friends that you haven't seen in so long. Oh, dude, there's so many. Like every, like, you know, having kind of being buddies with Chad and having that inside track of kind of like I knew who the announcements were before they Mm -hmm. were announced and stuff like that. So I was, man, I was so stoked um, just knowing who was coming up and, and, you know, all the bands that you mentioned, it's seriously, it's like a 30-something, like, hardcore reunion. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's like all these bands, like, man, I remember playing with From Autumn to Ashes mm-hmm. in, in like, New York. We'd go play Syracuse, these hardcore matinees with all these bands. And, um, but, man, honestly, like, dude, I'm so pumped for Converge. Yeah. We only, we only got to do a couple shows with Converge back in the day. Um I'm stoked to see the Juliana Theory dudes. Brent and I always have a good time. We talk hockey, like we text like every couple of days, just talking trash to each other. <laughs> um, I've been, uh, dude, but Caveman, man, I, we never—they're like the one band we never got to play with, and we love Caveman so much, and I still love Caveman so much yeah. um, that I'm so stoked to freaking see them. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, 
I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for conversion or cave in. But there's, dude, there's, I mean, so many, so many bands. We'll be there for the entire weekend. So awesome. I'm just, I'm pumped for it. Yeah. Sweet. See, I don't know if I'd be able to do a weekend long festival at this point in my life. I would probably just, you'd find me like <laughs> dead behind the portal. Dude, I'm, 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 I'm hoping like just having friends everywhere is going to make it easy. But yeah, the idea of me trying to go like to a festival for three days definitely stresses me out for sure. And it's probably still gonna be hot as hell. Well, it's gonna be miserable, man. It's gonna be terrible. And like we're so much older now, we're not gonna be able to deal with it, deal with it like we used to, you know. Seriously, man, getting old sucks. But <laughs> what doesn't suck is the almost. And tell us about how that happened. How did you uh, link up with Aaron and get into the almost? Oh man. Um. Well, I've known uh, Aaron forever i mean like since like 2000 2001 um when beloved used to do shows with with under oath and uh i was in dead poetic working uh on our last record that came out on halloween uh whatever year that was 2006 yeah 2006 and right after we got done in the studio there in sprinkle uh, Aaron Gillespie went in to start making Southern Weather. And he and I were just messaging and texting about it and how much we love working with Aaron Sprinkle and all this stuff. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, like, you know, I've I've got a lot going on, like, coming up. We we had a lot of tours getting set up with Dead Poetic. Um, we got a brand-new booking agent, had, like, talks of, like, Linkin Park, Incubus tours, like, all this crazy stuff. And uh, but I told Aaron, I was like, hey, man, like, if you – ever do a live band and I've got time and I'd, I'd love to jam. It'd be fun to, to jam with you after, you know, all these years. So, um, he, uh, he, I guess it was close to the end of the year. He was getting ready to, uh, to take off on their first tour. And, uh, unfortunately I couldn't do it because we had uh, a tour booked with the red jumpsuit apparatus on the tour where they like really blew the f up they like really blew up on that tour and uh man uh so i turned that down and then like a week before that tour and a week before our album came out like i got a call from brandon from dead poetic saying hey dude like i uh i can't do this uh i'm, I'm kind of quitting the band you know so long story short, uh, I was just like, holy crap, like, like, what am I going to do? So uh, my wife and I were living in Philadelphia at the time. And so, man, I just went to like back to work at a job and like worked a couple months until Aaron called me back and was like, hey, the dude that we had in the band, um, Nick is an awesome dude, just not really working out on the road. Um, do you want in? And I was like, uh, yeah, man, totally. So he like sent me the album before it came out and I uh I learned all the songs and it was awesome because it was a really cool time. Like I was I was watching like you know the almost start to start to blow up, man. So like my first tour, dude, my first show with them was a sold out show in San Diego on tour with Say Anything and Saves the Day, which was so sick. <laughs> Like I remember that tour, by the way. I remember that yeah, tour very vividly. Dude, yeah, I freaking love Saves the Day, dude. And man, they had uh, Manny and Daraja from Glassjaw were yep. in Saves the Day at the time. And I was—I've mm -hmm. been friends with Daraja for a long time. And 
so that made it easy and man they were playing so much old stuff and it was just dude it was so awesome so like jump from there straight into warp tour you know and then then um dude it was really fun man i loved like all the guys in the band after a couple years uh joe from beloved ended up coming to play drums for us so that was even more awesome um Wait a Man, second. Yeah, it was just so I, I guess I don't know the dynamic of the almost. So Aaron didn't play yeah. drums in the almost. No, he didn't. No shit. No, he played. Yeah, he, uh, he sang and, and played some guitar. Um, yeah. He played drums on on two records, or I guess the newest record they did too. But um, yeah, then once Joe joined, he uh, he played drums on the uh, on Fear Inside Our Bones record and <clears throat> and drummed live with us for years. Man, it was awesome. And real quick, wasn't um, we're talking about Daraja? He played drums in um, uh, Josh's other band, Classic Case, right? Yeah, totally. Josh joined Classic Case, so that's the thing, man. Like, it's all interconnected. It's all weave, dude. The the that that scene, man. It's such a small scene, dude. It really is. Like everybody knows everybody somehow. So I actually have a question about that, um, and just to get your perspective on it. So, like from the outside looking in, you know, like tooth and nail and solid state like it always seemed to be like a big family and everyone's kind of like interconnected but i kind of always felt like because you know it, it was like a, a, a quote-unquote christian artist group like everyone got kind of lumped together but like when i think about it like if i think about a band like let's say um like the almost right and then a band like norma jean i mean they couldn't be any more different from one another but like you know, it's like, oh, it's a tooth and nail band. Oh, it's a solid state band. So, like, did you ever kind of experience that when, when you were kind of running in those circles at all? Like, did you ever kind of feel like I'm getting lumped in just for, like, what my spirituality is? Not, I mean, not really with with any of the bands um, I was in. Because most, like, every band I was in didn't really kind of stick to that scene. I mean, like, Beloved toured with Norma Jean and Under Oath. That's because they were awesome. I mean, dude, if you look yeah. at the bands on Solid State at that time, outside of like Ferret at that time and maybe some Victory bands, like, dude, Solid State was putting out some of the best heavy music in the early 2000s. Um, bands like Stretch Armstrong, Living Sacrifice, yeah. and Zayo just like put out these smashers, man. Um, so, I mean, we kind of ran in those circles, but I mean, you know, like we ran in a lot of circles. I mean, with, with, uh, with the almost like we toured with Paramore and the starting line and um, you know, tons of bands did all of warp tour and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think at a time, a lot of those bands just kind of circled up together just because I don't know. I think at the time too, the scene was, was smaller. There's yeah, a ton, ton of, there's a ton of bands on, on tooth and nail and solid state that just really toured super hard, you know? And so, I mean, at that time, everybody was just kind of looking for tours. So, sure. you know, if some other band on Victory wanted to go out on tour, then, dude, yeah, let's 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 go on a two-month run or something. So Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think it's just a small world, you know? So sure. I, I want to touch on that, too. So, like, I think about, like, Tooth and Nail and the bands that are on that. And, you know, myself not being overly religious still was, like, huge fans of all those bands on that label. Where I feel like if you're like a pop Christian artist or whatever, like you stay in that bubble and don't really like reach out of that, I guess, 
it's but I see with like tooth and nail in those bands that they were able to reach the people that weren't necessarily like huge into faith and things like that. Yeah, I, I think for sure. I mean, in, in tooth and nail, like I th- I think like Brandon, the owner of the label and, and the staff that he got and kind of the vision with the majority of the bands. Now there were a lot of those bands that kind of liked us that, that were bands. I felt like they were Christian bands for Christian kids, but I feel like most of, most of the bands on tooth and nail, especially at the time that like I was a part of it were really just like, they were just like hardcore and punk rock kids that, that, you know, kind of shared the same faith, but like, man, we just like wanted to go out and play sick shows and, and, and play with sick bands, you know, like for beloved dude, we just like, we wanted to go out. We wanted to play with converge. We wanted to like play like crazy shows and, and, and see huge mosh pits and stuff. That's, that's what we wanted to do. So I think different bands had like different agendas really. Um, but I think the, 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 the largest group of those bands really just kind of wanted to just like get out on the road, man. Really? Yeah. And it, you know, now that I'm in North Carolina and like everyone back home's like, Oh, you moved to the Bible belt. I, you know, being in Charlotte, I, I don't necessarily feel like I am. And maybe I'm wrong. Has like, it changed with all these Northerners moving down here. <laughs> uh man i don't know um i mean charlotte's kind of its own little thing anywhere i mean but you go like rural areas i forgot man i was like driving back from the beach a couple of weeks ago and i was on this like tiny little road and i was like telling my wife i was like we've just passed six churches and there's i've seen like four houses and like six churches like this is crazy you know so there's like totally reminders i think of that old old bible belt but like i i don't know um you know i don't i don't i don't see a lot of that really you know too much i guess i'm not sure yeah because like you know obviously charlotte has the the billy graham museum and all that but same thing like I, i i grew up catholic so like when my mom was here for uh christmas there, there's only like two or three Catholic church, churches in the whole Charlotte area, and of course they're like oh, crazy, jam packed <laughs> during Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, dude. So wow. yeah, I, yeah. I just I haven't really noticed it being like you know anything different than what I grew up on Long Island seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Charlotte, Charlotte's got uh, elevation uh, church, which is kind of like. They've got like campuses all over like the Charlotte area, but I mean, I don't know. I guess anywhere you go in the South, there's there's gonna be there's there's definitely more churches here still than there are up north for sure, man. But um, yeah, def- probably not so much on that Catholic side. Yeah, just Irish and Italian people growing up Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm kind of just interested in in, in just kind of shifting over to a little bit of hockey talk real quick. Um, so, so I, I know that, that obviously you're, you're a Flyers fan and I know, uh, you know, from what Mikey told me that, uh, came out of you, uh, you know, living in, in Philly, but so, you know, growing up, uh, I guess growing up in, in North Carolina, um, you know, obviously there wasn't really a, a hockey contingent there at all. So like, did you find that as a, as like a youngster, like you were a hockey fan and like, did you have like any, any allegiances or like, how was that growing up for you? 
Oh man, um, really, what's cool about uh, about where I where I grew up, man, and kind of the time I grew up, we uh, you know, the ECHL was was really big, um, in Winston and Greensboro. We had some really killer teams. We had the Thunderbirds in Winston and the Monarchs in Greensboro, man, and they were just like, I mean, just like drag out, like just awesome rock'em sock'em hockey but i mean yeah and i mean the crowd they're like sold out crowds like it was dude it was really like a really awesome fervent like there's like a clamor for that for that here um you know and it was uh you know it was enough to where they they thought support you know for the hurricanes was going to be real and what was really cool when the hurricanes finally came their first two seasons they spent in greensboro like the monarchs left and and moved but they became, I think, LA's uh, AHL franchise. They they were uh, Florida's AHL franchise for a few years, and then became LA and moved to Manchester. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, dude, like growing up though, man, like those Thunderbirds games and those Monarchs games were so awesome. And you know, kind of, I got involved in like roller hockey when I was younger, and a lot of those kids played ice, and I just kind of buddied up with all those guys man and and as we uh kind of went through high school like we we had so many of us and a lot of us were the same age like we formed a high school hockey league like with six other high schools in our area like in our like region i guess and uh man we were playing like these awesome games with them these like legit organized sanctioned games like but so it was great. all awesome. it was all it was all from us like building it up you know um but i mean really for me my allegiances man i never i've never really been a big hurricanes guy once they came um uh dude i love the flyers as a kid because man for me like seeing eric lindros come in the league i guess it was like it hit me at the right time i thought i thought lindros was just the man that legion of doom line was so so dominant and and for me seeing that was yeah so so me seeing that was so cool but also at the same time I never, I never really cared for Gretzky. I always liked Lemieux more. And I, I was talking with Brett from Juliana Theory the other night about it, and I was like, dude, like, I don't know if I've ever really told you, but like, I kind of used to be a Pins fan too. Like, I didn't really start hating the Penguins until Crosby came into the league. And uh, like, my first, my first jersey was a white, uh, like the the triangle Penguins jersey. That was like the first jersey I ever had. And man, I like wore that thing out, man. Holes in it, and from just like going out and playing like street hockey and roller hockey in it, and like ice hockey as a kid. Um, Way to beat us to so, our question. That's like our our new re, uh, recurring dude. question, and we're like, <laughs> you just totally jumped the gun. But <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hit all of your questions before you ask them. No, but that's beautiful <laughs> because that jersey is iconic, man. That and yeah, and and the jersey. fact that you had yeah. the white one. Oh, that's so. That's so beautiful. But dude, I think I randomly got it because I was at, I feel like I was at like a Macy's or something as a kid with my parents and they just randomly had a few hockey jerseys. And I was just like, oh crap, like I want this Penguins jersey. And I think my brother got, I think my brother got the away Mighty Ducks jersey, like that inaugural season, like that burgundy. Oh, beautiful burgundy too. Green. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, he got that thing, man. Um, yeah, man, I just, dude, so, like, as a kid, like, I played basketball and stuff like that, but really, man, like, hockey, like, 
once I once I kind of fell in love with hockey, dude, it was just like, man, that's like that was my sport, you know. So, um, I've kind of gone playing in. now. Yeah, dude. I yeah, I was playing like before I had my last kid, man. I was playing like three nights a week, like when I was off tour and stuff like that, man. Like playing like men's leagues, pickup games, like whatever I could, man. But now I I, I hit the ice as much as I can now. I, uh, I, yeah, I freaking love hockey, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. So how far are you from Fort Bragg? Uh, God, I think Bragg, maybe like an hour and a half or something like that. I mean, it's down east, you know? Um, yeah, because they're doing, there. they're doing huge things with hockey and like developing hockey too. Like that doesn't really get much like national notice, but, um, I actually went to the to the ice rink that's on the base this past summer because of uh, uh-huh. Thomas Grice has a hockey camp there every year. And, dude, there was, like, I would say between, like, 200 to 300 kids that are all, like, super good at hockey from, like, the, specifically, like, the base and then, like, surrounding areas. And it's crazy to think that, you know, in the middle of North Carolina <laughs> uh, on a military base that there's this, like, I would say iconic ice rink. That's crazy, man. My, they said my brother-in-law Jackson, he was, he was, uh, stationed there for a couple of years. And, uh, he used to tell me he used to go to go see that team. They had a team. I don't know if it's still active there or even what league it was. It might've been like Southern pro hockey league or something, but, uh, the Fayetteville fire ants. And he was like, dude, those games used to be crazy. Yeah. Like, the, changed, the crowd was just insane. They've changed the name to the marksman now. They're like the Fayetteville Marksmen. Oh, oh and they, that's way cooler. Oh, it's way cooler. And they've totally taken like the military theme and everything. It, it's definitely way cooler. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Man. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So I'm, I'm glad that you didn't align with the Hurricanes because they're probably my most hated franchise right now. <laughs> dude, I'm really like... I just, it, I've got all these friends that are like asking me about the canes and stuff. And I, dude, I'm just like, yo, bro, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll talk to you about Travis Konechny, but I don't know anything about like <laughs> the hurricanes right now, man. <laughs> um, typically the hurricane, I mean, they've been so harmless that like, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And, and this year, like in pretty typical Carolina fashion, they kind of blew it, you know? So I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't I don't dislike them. I just I don't I don't pay too much attention to the old the old Canes too much. Amen. So <laughs> it it kind of <laughs> sucks that your team was going on like the hottest run I've seen in a long time. Like you guys, <laughs> oh yeah, like started the hottest pretty, run for sure. Started pretty it's cold, been- and then like the past month and a half, two months, it seemed like you were the only team in the Metro that won. Yeah, man, it, it's definitely, and like, honestly, this is the best, this is the best cohesive team I've seen. I mean, really, honestly, in, in 10 years at least, man. And, you know, from like, from from top to bottom, like, I I really love like what Chuck Fletcher has done with the team. I like, we had so many doubters, all the forums I I, I read, like, you know, just they were so concerned with what Fletcher's done in the past, how he's given up too much uh, when he was working with the Wild. Um, 
you know, these like terrible contracts he dished out, but man, like every piece he's added has been awesome. Like, you know, and like the coaching staff is, and I mean, it was really tough for me to be excited about Michelle Terrian being a coach on the flyers. Cause man, I, I, I used to hate him so much. Um, watching him coach Crosby and stuff years ago with the, with the pins, but man, this team, like everything is just like clicking really well. They've like, bought into a really awesome tenacious system and just like watching watching these games is really really fun it's not like we're in years past where i'm just like oh well they're they're ahead let's let's see how they blow it tonight you know they're gonna blow it in the third you know let's <laughs> let's let's wait and see but it's, uh-huh. it's, it's been it's just been really really encouraging to be a flyers fan this year you know up until like a week ago and you got some added grit at the deadline getting Nate Thompson. Like, that's the kind of guy that you want in your locker room if you're going on a long, deep playoff run. Dude, I love Nate Thompson, man. I was really pumped about getting Nate Thompson's the type of guy, like, when I'm playing Shell, like, he's the type of dude, like, I trade for, you know? I'm like, I'll throw a third round draft pick and get Nate Thompson on my, on my, like, team when I'm playing NHL 19 or whatever. But, uh, Dude, and Derek Grant, man, I was texting, you know, Derek Grant, like of all the guys that were moved at the deadline, like he was one of the top point producers. He had like six or seven points, like two goals and six, six or seven points in like five games played or something like that. Like coming in on like a third line, just really, they really just like tightened up that bottom six, man. And they, they are a really, really solid team this year. Yeah. And then, I mean, Carter Hart too. I mean, it's like, you know, un- unbelievable how, how, you know, this, this 20 year old kid, 21 year old kid rather is just like kind of lighting the hockey world up right now. Dude, uh, it's just awesome. un- unbelievable. Yeah. Dude, he's killer, man. I remember last year when they, when they finally, well, they had to bring him up when yeah. they brought him up one of like his first games, they kind of showed him during a, a TV timeout and like, he didn't go back to the bench. He was staying in his crease and he was squirting water up in the air watching it fall to get his eyes like refocused like in the timeout just like he had squirted it and kind of follow it with his eyes like move to the left move to the right mm-hmm. and i was like dude this this like kids like on a different level yeah and and i mean dude it's yeah it's a really it's encouraging man because dude it's you know years ago i was like oh we got brisgalov <laughs> this is it <laughs> this is it brisgalov you know brisgalov or Bobrovsky. i was like we've got we've got solid we're set we're set now. The, the missing piece, and you know, neither one of those worked out. But like, really, with like heart, it's it feels right, and and the the team just plays so well for them. You know, it's it's awesome. And and dude, Elliot has been has played the best he's played since he's been a Flyer this year. He's been so great in that one B role that like it's 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 awesome. It's really really cool to see to see the team play great for both goalies because i've definitely seen in the past them play better for certain goalies than they have others yeah so and it really and like i said it really is such a shame i mean you know it it had to happen given you know everything that's going on but i mean you know with the tear that you guys were on i mean like it it really looked like you were going to catch the caps and 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 beat the caps and and it's funny because me and me and mikey as islander fans it's like with the skid that we were on it's almost like when they announced that the NHL was uh, was suspending, it was just kind of like, all right, I guess that's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, oh, thank um, God. <laughs> I, and I mean, like, and, 
and realistically, like, I mean, at the at the heart of it all, like, I, I hate that there's no hockey, you know, even even if the Islanders were going to, you know, tank themselves deeper into the dumpster fire volcano that they're in. I mean, like, at least we still had hockey. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously it, it's it's a shame because, you know, it, who, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, who knows if we're really going to get to see the end of this season? Who knows how it's going to really impact um, professional sports going forward. Uh, you know, that's kind of going to remain to be seen, but, um, I do have, uh, another question for you. Uh, so as, as Mike, you were saying, you, you nailed the question that we ask all of our, our guests about hockey Jersey, first hockey Jersey, but this one we've been asking too, and it's kind of a cool question. So, so let's say, um, you know, you're, you're at a Flyers game. Um, I don't know, JVR puts one in the back of the net and then, a beloved song comes comes over as a goal song, right? What beloved song is going to play as that goal song? Like, if you could choose any song in the beloved discography, like, what would you want to be a Philadelphia Flyers goal song? Oh, dude. It would just have to be, like, Joe screaming, we were born for battle. And then it just start like, that breakdown from Death of Traitors just, like, <laughs> destroys it. I think it would be the sickest Sickest I, like, thing ever. I, I I can't tell you like how much that whole song resonates with me, and so it's it's funny when you think about it because like you know you never think like the the archetypal melodic hardcore song is going to be seven minutes long like that song is right, but yeah. I mean there are there are just certain parts of that song that like get me so excited. I mean that 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 breakdown being one of them, right? But um, coming out of that breakdown, uh, you got you guys transition into that part that's in like three that kind of swingy mm. three, but yeah. like th there's this little like drum break that like every time. So I, I'm a percussionist, I'm a drummer. And like half the time I sit down on my kit, I just do that. boom. You know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Right? Talking yeah. About. So yeah, dude. And I mean, it's just like it's these little things for me, like are, are just things that are like um, just like staples and like what I, what I listen to and what I think about, like there's like, you know, like a, um, just certain little things and little songs that just like it hit me and resonate with me. So like, I, like I said, when we were talking about before, like I can't imagine that people aren't going to lose their minds, you know, when you guys play that at Furnace Fest, but I can't, I couldn't imagine, you know, 15,000 flyer fans hearing that and not losing their minds when you guys put one in the back of the net. So I, uh, uh, I, I think, I think, I think that was the, the to go. Um, that was the one to do. So I, I commend that. Like 100% commend that. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think that that would be pretty sick, man. Like I've been able to. Uh, I I remember the. I might have been. I moved to Philadelphia. Let's see, in 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't the first Flyers game. I remember it was the first Flyers game of that season I went to. It was right when I joined the almost. I didn't get to go to a Flyers game until the second half of the season. I think I was doing all the dead poetic stuff before that. But once I joined the almost, man, I remember uh, going to a, a Flyers game and uh, Say This Sooner came on because it had been on the radio from the uh -huh. almost. Yeah. And I remember being like, what? And I remember I called Aaron. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I uh, like hearing that because it was like, Right before the game had gone to a shootout, I think it was like it was against Ottawa, and mm -hmm. uh, Simon Gagne won it in the shootout. I remember that, <laughs> and uh, and uh, but it was like right before the shootout started, it was playing that, and I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. And like the friend I was with, he's like, that's your new band, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, it's my new band. 
It's it's so funny. We were just talking to uh, we had another guest on uh, last week. Um, it was um, or uh, last week or two weeks ago. It was uh, no two weeks ago. I'm sorry. It was one of our uh, our buddies from the band Straight from the Path. Yeah. Um, and huge, huge. Uh, Tom is a huge Ranger fan. And when we asked him that question, he like launched into this thing about how like they actually played a stray song at the garden, and he was like, "Oh, my life's my life's over. I, that's all I need." <laughs> and it's just like. And the correlation uh, between, you know, like hockey and and music for, for, you know, a lot of the guests that we have on is just so strong. And I mean, like, you know, I, I couldn't imagine, like, you know, if I if I was in a band and, and you know, I, I had, you know, my music played, you know, at the Coliseum. I mean, I, I say the Barclays Center, but like, I don't really want my music played at the Barclays nah, Center. Any nah, music man. played at the Barclays Center. But um. <laughs> But, you know, at the Coliseum or, or, you know, even the, you know, Belmont coming up. But it's just like that um, that connection, man. Like, and I can't imagine like you sitting in the stands and hearing say the sooner and just being like, whoa. You're like, yeah. I made it's the like, right I, like, choice. Like, <laughs> I play this like, yeah, right. Dude, I play this a hundred times a year. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Your two favorite things, man, just smashing together at once in reality. It's like super so, cool. So awesome. So awesome. But uh, dude, but I'll I, tell you, I was going to say like the... uh. Like, I got stoked because, like, I found your podcast through Grant um, from Under Oath. Yeah. And hearing his was really cool, man. Like, that dude, like, knowing Grant, <clears throat> once I found out he was into hockey, like, totally changed my perception of Grant. Like, he, <laughs> he, like, like it was awesome, dude. Like, I brought a team down uh, from here, and we did a tournament at the Lightning's practice facility, like a weekend Sweet. tournament. Um, and uh, I had Grant play on my team. Like, it was the only time we've ever gotten to play together, which was, like, so awesome, man. Because, like, I would go down and do rehearsals for the Almost. I'd fly down. And uh, he, I guess, he had a buddy in ticketing for the Lightning. And I remember one time, he's like, hey, man. He's like, I've got really good seats. It was uh, it was the Bolts and the Flyers. He was like, let's go. So we went down, and we were, we were sitting down, like, kind of, like, front row, kind mm-hmm. of in the corner. So it wasn't, like, super great seating, you know? It was awesome to be there, but like sitting down in that corner, you can't really see the other end of the ice. But he was like, dude, let's uh he's like, let's go get a drink at the first intermission. So we went and dude, he had like these VIP seats. So we like could go literally outside the Flyers locker room, the away locker room uh at the at the forum there, or the I think it's Amelie Arena now or whatever. Uh yep. right outside that visitors locker room is like the business VIP bar and like buffet food and stuff like that but like so we go down there and i've got like a flyers jersey on everybody else is in suits and uh i'm just like freaking out i was like dude this is so sick you know so i get a drink and then i look and i look in the hallway and jeff carter and mike richards are standing outside the locker room door and they've got like just some like little ropes that like take them like back out to the rink like kind of roped off or whatever and i uh I see like one of the play-by-play announcers for the Flyers. He's down there, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" Like Steve Coates, I'm like talking to like Coatsy, and then uh, the uh, the Flyers start going back out to the rink for the second period, dude. And I'm like, I'm the only one there, like fist bumping them, and I'm just like, so stoked. So by the by the next intermission, dude, like I've had more drinks, you know. Yeah. So then I'm back there. I'm just like, heart no, like just like i'm being that guy but dude it was like the best thing ever man and like i dude i still i can't thank grant enough for that man he's grant's such a cool dude and like 
he loves hockey so much and uh you know the flyers won that night so it was really awesome um it was really good for me uh but yeah like yeah that was really cool that finding out that grant was like that into hockey and yeah and and how giving of a dude he is man he's just a really really awesome dude so oh, he, yeah he, he he absolutely is man he, he's he's such a such a cool guy we had such a blast chatting with him um and um you know and it's kind of funny that you know like so the this that kind of story you tell about you know like getting the opportunity to kind of like you know meet some of these players and get to see them and, and chat with them and like just kind of you know be near them it's like it's a lot of like I would have that same feeling of elation, like if I somehow like was able to be, you know, like backstage during Furnace Fest and you know getting to meet like, you know, all of these guys that have that have played in some of my favorite bands. And I mean, like, you know, that to me is like would be my moment of like, you know, unbelievable like, like just like passion slam in the face if that's like all I can <laughs> call it. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> Literally, like, I mean, like, you know, I just imagine, like, you know, meeting these people who have written this music that have really shaped my my youth. And I mean, because I because like, truthfully, like, I'm super passionate about this. Like, I couldn't tell you, like, where I'd be if it wasn't for bands like, you know, Poison the Well or, you know, like Every Time I Die, you know, Under Oath, Beloved, um, you know, the Juliana Theory, like, you know, all these bands that like gave me like a home when I was growing up when I was you know 15 16 and 17 because like that's what alternative music was for me like it kind of gave me purpose and it gave me a click and it gave me you know things to do and I would go to shows and I felt like I was a part of something so um you know and I get that man because that's what hockey makes a lot of people feel too because they always talk about it hockey is like that kind of odd man out you know it's the it's the quote-unquote alternative sport where, you know, a lot of people kind of share the ethos of, of these guys that are just, you know, beating the piss out of each other and, and you know, scraping and, and, you know, just trying to raise this cup in the air. And it's just like that mentality bleeds into, you know, the whole idea of being on the road for 250, you know, days a year and, you know, trying to get your music out there and, you know, getting people to just, you know, buy a shirt or buy a record. So I just love that the camaraderie is very much similar. And and a lot of people, you know, may not feel that, but if you're part of one, part of the other, or part of both, you really do. And I think it's yeah. such a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, well, you guys are obviously like highlighting that, but you're right. It's like the hockey is like the punk rock of sports. You know, yeah, it's like it is. It yeah, totally is, man. It's that it's that blue collar. You know, tuck your chin, tuck your chin, and do your job. So uh, for sure, it, it's so, a gritty uh, sport. And yeah. now. Let's talk about gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mikey. <laughs> so, with with all this uh, coronavirus stuff, did you see the tweet that Gritty came out with? <laughs> which which one? I don't know if I've seen it or not, man. I saw a Saint I saw a Saint Patrick's Day thing where he had like a tower of a uh, toilet paper <laughs> or whatever behind him, but so I don't he, know what you're talking about. Yeah, he 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 did it in like his uh, iPhone notes, so it's a pretty long like formal letter and he's just basically saying like how he's going to like follow the rules of the cdc and like really hunker down and he was like yeah i've I've heard of this show lost i'm gonna check it out um decided to watch i started with season season three i feel like i might have missed something important (laughs) (laughs) 
Dude, whoever's like whoever's like taking care of all that social stuff for them has like has got it going. You know, for years it seemed like 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 LA Kings really like were so awesome at that. For so with with Bailey and everything. And you know, like when Gritty came out, it was like two days of just like eye rolling from Philly fans. And then I felt like they were like, oh hell, he's one of us, you know? And they just like everybody loved him. And will like defend defend them till they die. So, yeah, Philly it's fans like, are um, spoiled, man. You got the Philly fanatic, <laughs> and then you got gritty, like two of the most iconic mascots in all of sports. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, they're cousins or whatever. You know, <laughs> is that is that what they see? I don't know, like the the full story, but is that what they're saying about the two? It might, it might. It might have been something like that, man. I just love all like the you know, gritty was like all the uh, the crystal meth Scott Hartnell or the crystal meth Jake Voracek. Like everybody's like, yeah, it's totally based on those guys. Um, you know, but uh, dude, I love it, man. Like all that's it's it's great, man. But the the social media from it is 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 awesome. Yeah, they definitely do a great job. Like our mascot for the Islanders is so terrible; it's a freaking dragon. And like, it it was oh when, yeah. So it was when the Islanders were like really in their dark times, and like the team had no money. So there was actually an arena football team there called the New York Dragons, and that was their mascot. And the Islanders were so cheap; they're like, "All right, we'll also use him as our oh mascot." So oh like, my god, we have a dragon for like no reason at all, and that's our mascot. Yes, Sparky oh, man. man. Oh wow, dude! I I remember see like yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. That's crazy. I didn't know that was the story. Oh jeez, dude. Was that was that Charles Wang? Was that was, it was that like, a Wang doing? It was like one of his like, you know, he kind of got stuck with it. Like he 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 gets a lot of shit from the Islander fan base, but you know he's the reason we still have a team. And like a lot of what yeah. he did was you know because he was a hockey fan. And like sometimes yeah. being a fan and an and an owner could also be a curse. So that's like, how you get in trouble, man. Yeah. yeah. So like he became fan like fans of some of the players and that's why he gave them crazy contracts and things like you know he, he Ricky D. Yep. Rick Rick D P H O for one. Yeah. But God, he, are you guys are you guys still paying him? Oh yeah. Probably. No, we are. Gonna be paying oh. him till till we're all dead. But I also want to point out, like, you know, to defend Rick DiPietro, it's not like we gave, like, the backup goalie a 15-year deal. Like, he was probably the hottest yeah. goalie in North America at the time. He was Team USA's goalie. He was an all-star goalie. Like, he just got, you know, a few really uh, serious injuries. And, like, once your hips start going when you're a goalie, like, good luck. Yeah. Man, well, so what do you, how are you guys, I mean, like, the, the, the skid that they were on, you know, a, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, that aside, how are you feeling about the future for the Islanders? I'm indifferent. I think that um, we also kind of got caught with a few bad contracts, and, you know, we've talked about this on the past couple of episodes, like, you know, the Andrew mm-hmm. Ladd's a bad contract. Anders Lee could turn out to be a bad contract. And, like, we don't have that much cap space right now, and we still need to sign, like, Matt Barzell and 
Ryan Pulak and Devontae's like those are three huge names and I think we have like 11 million dollars to do it but I will tell you like I I like I do like you know them them picking up you know JGP I I think that was a, a good move you know, to, to bolster the, you know, the, the roster a little bit, um, you know, hopefully when all of this kind of works itself out, they'll be able to find a place for him on a line where he could, you know, be the goal scorer that he was, you know, on the sends and, and, um, but, you know, to echo the sentiment, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, it scares me to think that like, you know, they've got all of these players that are really essential, um, to, to making the squad work and one of those guys being Barzi. And it's just like, I, you know, I don't know what happens if, if the team can't resign him, if he gets offers from, you know, other, other places to, for more money. I mean, you know, we could kind of be in a situation like we were in, but then again, the other part of me thinks to myself like, okay, well, Barzil ended up working out and, and, you know, I mean, he's still got some kinks to work out, but he's a great player. But, you know, when we lost, you know, JT to the to the Leafs. I mean, everyone was freaking out. Like, well, yeah, that's the end of it. Screw oh, it. Oh man, know? that that's the best thing that probably could have happened, dude. And and that's the kind of the way I, I feel too. Is you know, listen, if if it comes down to it, and and Barzy goes somewhere, um, you know, maybe there'll be another enlightenment when where someone else will will kind of take the mantle. So, and I think that's the interesting thing about hockey. Like, you go through these periods of. Of, of real real highs and real lows and you get resurgences and dips and stuff and i mean like you know you look at uh you know like a storied franchise like the the red wings right and it's like the red wings were like literally like one of the worst teams like in hockey over the past like probably 25 years th- like this season yeah like, you know so so thank god for them you know the bleeding stopped but it's like you know you, you go through it but um i wouldn't say i'm as much indifferent uh but at the same time, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, we're able to to put something together. And that's just kind of where I'm at. But I think, you know, um, having the season end while they were on that skid was a good thing because it probably would have just kept, you know, snowballing. But hopefully the offseason is kind to us and we can figure something out. But, you know, remains to be seen. Sure, man. The cap is going to be a... Uh... You know, there was those reports, you know, about the cap jumping up pretty substantially. But, like, now with with this revenue loss, like, man, I'm kind of, like, wondering what, uh, you know, what's going to come from all this as far as, like, uh, salary cap-wise. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty. But have you have you seen, like, the proposed remaining schedule kind of that leaked out from TSN? No, I haven't. So they're saying that, like, if if we are able to like wipe out this virus and like get back to some normalcy, they're saying like it wouldn't, the season wouldn't start back up until early July and they'd have like a training camp again, like a kind of, you know, yeah. just to get them back into playing form. And then they still want to finish the 2019, 2020 season. So that's going to be late July with the playoffs starting in August and running through September. And then have a draft and free agency in October, and then have the twenty twenty season, twenty twenty one season start in November. Yikes. Wow! So, wow! Like definitely would be different times, but selfishly, having hockey over the summer, being a teacher, 
Oh man, yeah, dude. Like since I'm off over the summer, being able to like watch, say, a West Coast game or watch like playoff games yeah. that I normally can't because they end too late. I was that's crazy. Kind of yeah. pumped about that, and then like, I don't know. For example, in Philly, all the arenas and the and like their sports complexes are really close to each other. So like, yeah. imagine going to like a Phillies game and then like an afternoon Phillies game and then like running over to catch a Flyers game and then maybe even catching like a Monday night dude. football game or something crazy. Like, golly, dude, could that you would imagine? be insane down there. Yeah, holy crap, man, that's uh, that's crazy, man. That's uh, that sounds so stressful from a player's standpoint to me. Like some somehow, I'm just like, wow. That's like a season and a half of hockey almost, man. I mean, like short break, I guess, but gosh, man, that's a, but you know, as a spectator and a fan, that's, that's definitely like exciting for sure to think about. Yeah. But as a player doing another training camp, like that's probably their least favorite time of the year, especially like for the older guys, like to have to go through that again. But dude, if not, it's gonna be like the most astronomical amount of like groin pulls you've ever seen. Like those dudes just like jumping back into games. Cause like I, I was reading, like I know like for some of the flyers, I guess some of them have like I forgot what their access is to the to the skate zone where they practice, but it's still pretty limited. Um so yeah, that's just man trying to jump back into like to game form. Man, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. But. And, then, and then think so, about this, like the OHL, the CHL, like some of the junior leagues throughout North America have also just said, like, we're done for the season. So yeah. like, let's say you are like the Detroits of the world that have, you know, you're, you would think a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you don't even have like that much tape on some of these prospects and like totally yeah gosh man it skews kind of skews everything it does man so like especially like a first round pick like a first let's say a first overall pick like that needs to be a slam dunk that could be the difference between your franchise like turning it around in a few years or your franchise being fucking the new york islanders for (laughs) forever huge huge whiff yeah man dude you were talking about uh like uh you know, like OHL and stuff like that, man. I, I was, I don't know if I texted you or not, man, but I was, uh, there was this one tour we did with the almost where, um, we were playing a bunch of hockey sheds through Canada, like playing these, like, uh, like OHL and, and QMJHL or whatever arenas and stuff. And I remember, like, so I was, I was like the only guy stoked, you know, on the tour, like coming into these arenas every time. But I remember like being in like Kitchener, Ontario. And uh, we like loaded in, and our room was a the away locker room was like our dressing room, and uh, the uh, the Rangers they have separate ice, so they came back in like our, the we were playing on the main arena floor, but they have another practice ice, and they came in and were dressing across the hall from us. And, like, they were all stoked to come over and talk to, like, a rock and roll band and everything. And I was just up there, like, talking talking to them about, like, their sticks and their skates and stuff like that. Like, what skates they were using and everything like that. So, like, that was so cool, man. Like, with the almost getting to play, like, a lot of places. I got to play, like, Rexall Place in Edmonton. 
Um, yeah, dude, like seriously playing and looking up at those numbers, like hanging above our head, like my head, like was insane, dude. Like it was crazy. Um, that was the only, I think that was the only time I've ever been to Edmonton and we got to play like Rexel. And, uh, I remember I watched one, another band from the Oilers bench. Like I sat on their bench and, and watched the game, which was like, so cool, man, for a hockey fan. Like getting to go do that stuff i was always pumped to see like the zambonis like when we walk into an arena from the back all the other dudes were like yeah 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 and i was like the guy like trying to peek through like locker room doors and everything <laughs> like uh yeah it, it was awesome man it was awesome i was just like stoked i got to do stuff like that you know yeah definitely as a hockey fan you you got uh some pretty sweet all access to some of those places that most fans don't ever get to see Man, dude, totally. My buddy Ron runs the uh, in-game video stuff for the Predators. And me and my guitar player flew into Nashville uh, ahead of a tour a couple days in advance and went to see the Blackhawks play. And Ron was like, this is the game you want to come to. Because it's like, you know, I guess there's a a lot of Hawks fans. And Nashville's just become so insane for hockey there. And uh, so, like, we got to go tour tour the Bridgestone Arena and see locker rooms and stuff earlier in the day. And then uh, during the game, Ron sent a text. He's like, hey, come meet me in this section before the second intermission. And uh, when the second intermission hit, he was like, dude, you're going to sound the horn. Like they have this big air horn you crank, and it brings the team out. He's like, go ahead. So like I did it, and I was like on the Jumbotron. And <laughs> like it was awesome. So I'm like, like bringing this thing out, and I was like, so stoked to just like see Shea Weber come out and destroy everybody at the time. And uh, <laughs> I started getting all these texts from my friends, man. They were like, are you in Nashville? And I'd be like, yep. <laughs> They'd be like, are you at the Preds game? And I was like, uh-huh. And they'd be like, did you just, are you just on the Jumbotron that brought the team out? And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I was like, dude, it was awesome, man. Just like being able to just intertwine hockey and, 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 and rock and roll like has, has, just been really 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 cool you know hell yeah man so i really you know we've been chatting for over an hour now and like we don't want people to just start tuning out but it's been such a gem chatting with you and like i know right now the season's not going on so you know once that season starts back up and we have some relevant hockey to talk about we would definitely love to have you back on because for for tom you know i'm I'm speaking for him but this has been a lot of fun Dude, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I I, I just you know like I to, just to chime in on that. I mean like it, it's funny because the so Mikey and I we have we have a very interesting dynamic. I, you know, like you said, we you know we've been we've been you know best friends forever. But you know, Mikey's more of the hockey guy, and you know for me, I'm more of the the, the music guy to a degree. I mean, but f- what it is for me, um, you know, obviously getting to, to chat with you, it's just like. It means it means a lot to me personally, like I said, because, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've listened to to failure on. Uh, I mean, I, I spent uh, probably far too much money uh, getting a copy of uh, of the the vinyl record when Broken Circles put it out like way oh, too sick. much money, way yeah. too much money. I don't, I don't have it anymore, <laughs> but I definitely did spend way too much money on it. But it was one of those things that I was like, I, I have to have this, you know, it's just like um but it, it was been super cool to get to chat with you. But, you know, like I said, it's um for me, like I said, it's it's bittersweet knowing that I won't be able to, you know, catch you guys when you're playing Furnace Fest. But 
I do hope you guys have an awesome time. And, you know, if it clicks and you guys end up, you know, deciding that, you know, this is an endeavor. Uh, all right. And I'm listening to that. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, but if it's something that you guys want to, um, you know, embark on again, I mean, I, I, I just would, would love to see you. But I, I hope that, you know, everyone stays well and uh, that this is an awesome experience for you. And it's been great to kind of chat with you and, and kind of open up your uh, your world to us and kind of let us know uh, uh, how it's been going for sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thanks, dudes. And yeah, if the playoffs come around, man, and if if God God, if we get a Pittsburgh and and Philadelphia uh, yeah. series, uh, you can you can do a twofer with me and Brett. If you want to hear some real, real pro trash talk, yeah, we, um, we gotta, we gotta we get got a few. On. We could get Vaughn back <laughs> on. Vaughn from that band Grayscale, he's a huge yes. Flyers fan. And then we could get oh. Chris from Anti Flag back on for Pens. Like, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely, lots of representatives for those two teams. That would be awesome, man. That would be a, that would be sick to have that <laughs> on your podcast. Hearing like dueling, <laughs> dueling trash talk. Um, hey, during like a we're series gonna have to like trademark that, that. <laughs> trademark it yeah, before it. some other podcast tries to steal it from us exactly <laughs> all right dusty thank you so much man um you know hopefully you don't go to cabin create uh get too much cabin fever staying inside with your two kids and trying to be your be a dad be a teacher and everything else that you have to do right now yeah man that's you know it's it's what it's what us uh it's our call as an american right now yeah that's that's what we're doing dude all right man so i'll let you get back to that and uh we'll talk to you soon cool awesome thanks tommy thanks mikey all right see you. of course take care, take care. Yo, yo, yo. So for you, 
I, I know that you were like keeping it cool and trying to keep your composure and not fangirl too hard, but I know how special that was for you. I always end up fangirling, man. I never mean to, but you know, it's just like having the opportunity, like I said, and I mean, I kind of talked about it uh, towards the tail end of the interview, but you know, getting to talk to people who had such a, um, you know, an impact in my life musically, you know, through what they've created uh, is always a big thing. So, I mean, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a, a, a vocalist or, or an instrumentalist or whomever it was that just created something that really resonated with me, uh, it's always awesome to get to chat to you and, you know, chatting with Dusty, who really made one of my favorite, you know, hardcore records uh, in, in Failure On, you know, be, in, you know, Beloved, and it's just awesome. It's so cool. So uh, I'm really, really gracious and, and happy that I get to have this opportunity to talk with these guys and and learn a little bit more about them. So super, super awesome for me. Yeah. And you know what you said, you know, that the music has brought so much to you, you know, both as mm-hmm. like who you are as a person and like helped you through some tough times. And I think as fans now, we need to kind of flip the script and return yeah. the favor because I could only imagine for some of these, you know, musicians who had to cancel mm-hmm. their spring tours. They're not sure if they're going to yeah. be able to do their summer tours. And, you know, yeah. having that uncertainty is probably so stressful. And then, like, if you think mm-hmm. about these guys that are in these touring bands, when they are home, they typically work in restaurants or drive Uber yeah. or do something else to make yeah. ends meet. But then that line of income is also taken away from them. So, yeah. you know, as a fan of this kind of music, um, is it's so important that you also just do what you can if you can to you know buy some merch, buy some music, mm-hmm. and you yep. know help them out. And bands are starting to get creative because yep. you know that's what they do. They're they're always trying to think of new ways to you know make the music industry work again. And you know they are playing shows in literally empty venues with you know code yep. orange did that earlier in the week and then dropkick murphy's did it last night for saint patrick's day mm-hmm. like they're yep. Yep. they're trying new ways and i can only imagine what is going to come out from them like we yeah might, we might be getting some of the like in the next year or so some of the best music we've ever heard in our lives because they're going to be hunkering down I'm sure writing music and and like yep. expressing a lot of these feelings that they're having and mm-hmm. you know selfishly you got to just be a little excited for that too. Absolutely. And and I mean like I said, you know, and I've said it a couple of times but w- this is an unprecedented time. I mean it, we've never experienced anything like this. So, you know, um the laurels of, you know, some people being able to you know, buy some of their favorite bands merch to support them. You know, some people can't because some people are also, you know, dealing with issues with, you know, not knowing where their next paycheck is coming from and or being furloughed or, or being let go. So, so like I said, it's a, it's a tenuous thing. Um, if you have the extra income, you know, supporting, you know, the music that has made you whole, uh, you know, in turn, making these musicians whole is one of the best things you could do. Um, you know, but if you don't have the money, I mean, just go on Spotify and, and, and play some music, man. You know, like if you're, you know, 
Yeah. If you can, just go on your computer and, and play your favorite band's music, you know, and t- turn the volume down just, just so they get those plays up. Uh, I mean, like, there's a million things that you could do, but I mean, um, uh, you know, the artists out there, they are starting to get very creative in how they can bring their medium to people. And I think a lot of the great thing is they're still trying to do it, not only to keep them sane, but knowing that there are a lot of people that are just home and they're stuck home. So, you know, Death Cab for Cutie, um, they're doing, um, you know, something where I think like every day or every other day at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, they're just going to stream. Ben Gibber's going to stream for an hour and just play music for people. Um, Chris from Saves the Day had been doing it. Um, You know, a bunch of bands are going to do that really just to keep their fans engaged, but also keep themselves sane in these really uncertain times. So, um, like I said, nothing, you know, nothing that we could say or do, um, you know, is going to make any of this any better. Like I said, it's trying times. You just got to do the right thing. Stay home. Be well. Don't put yourself in a position where you can potentially harm other people. But, you know, being music lovers like you and I are, anything that we could do to, you know, help the community to make sure that, when all this is over, people still can, you know, make the music that we love is a, is a really important thing to do. So whatever you can do um, to support, even if it's minuscule, just do it, you know, just do it. You'll be happier. And, um, you know, knowing that you've put forth an effort, um, you know, to collectively help and save this medium we love is important. I, I, I think using that word saved is so important because some of these bands that you love, they might not make it through these times. Like that's yeah. how serious this is. Like they rely completely on money from touring and merch sales and oh. it was taken away from them. So, yep. you know, do your part. And I like that idea. Like even if you're working from home, throw on your Spotify. I know it's not, you know, the same as a, an album sale, but you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's something small that you could do to still yep. do your part and to help out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's also time for some labels to start giving more of their shares to their artists that yeah. are creating the music. Like, you know, agreed, agreed. And and Spotify too. Like, you know, you you've made your money now. <laughs> help the those people that are struggling right now. I mean, and you know, the other crazy thing too is, I mean, you know, we're not far far away. I mean, like, <clears throat> imagine your favorite band. <clears throat> excuse me. Imagine your favorite band is like, hey, listen, you know, here's what we're going to do. Um, you know, if you pledge $10 to us, right, you know, we're going to play, you know, a show from our basement, you know, just to our, our pledgers. And, you know, we're going to stream it. We're going to let everyone watch it. And I mean, imagine that, you know, imagine getting a one of a kind experience where a band could literally play through their whole catalog. They could take requests and you'll be supporting them. And I mean, imagine that like there's no cap. You know, there's no like, you know, you don't have to stop ticket sales at 2,000, 3,000. I mean, and, you know, who wouldn't? I mean, like, you know, if I had 10 bucks and, you know, Beloved came out and said, hey, uh, we're going to play the whole record. We're going to live stream it. Uh, if you just, you know, donate $10, we'll, we'll give you that stream link. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, so I think if uh, if we get creative as a whole, um, we could do things in this industry that are unprecedented, that are completely new to this time but we could use this technology that we have um to help the artists that we love and get some really cool things out of it so i think that as time progresses and we start to use 
uh, our, the tools at our disposal, we're going to start to see a lot of cool things in this space that we've never seen before. Seriously. And, you know, yeah. Tom and I are, are fans of hockey. We're fans of music. And, you know, being fans and being so invested in this, um, we're going to do our part, too. So, like, if you are, you know, a past guest that we've had on, like, we'd love to help get your message out. Because, you know, we're here with you, too. We're, we're going to do our part to, to make sure that you guys survive this and come out stronger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like we had to definitely address that. I know it, it's kind of doom yeah. and gloom, but, you know, if these are your favorite bands, you have to support them at this time. Because, Absolutely. You know, if, yeah. you're, if you're in your mid to late 20s and you're struggling right now, when this does settle, you're, you, that still is going to be in the back of your mind then you might just be like you know what i think it might be my my time to get a nine to five i i just yeah i, I can't go through that again yeah and, yeah and it's scary scary to think that you know like some of the some of the stuff that gets you through those emotional and trying times i mean you know that is what music is for for some people i mean um we we talked about um you know with with dusty you know the whole idea of uh of an experience getting back out there and playing to be cathartic. Well, you know, that same catharsis is true for, you know, people that listen to this music that, you know, have, have, you know, anxiety and have trials and tribulations in their life and that use this medium to, you know, be able to feel whole and feel, you know, complete and relaxed. So, you know, and, and just to think that, you know, someone that you love music that you love, isn't going to, you know, be able to exist anymore or, or be played or, or be, or, or grow because um, of, of this is, uh, is really a terrible thought. So, you know, just to echo the sentiment again, if you could, you know, anything you could do to, um, to help these artists out, uh, however small or large, uh, you know, it's going to go such a long way. Uh, it really will. But, uh, you know, not to, you know, to try to end this on, on a more positive note, um, I think that one of the things uh, that, that we are seeing, though, and, and you kind of touched on it, is with all of this time, you know, a- alone and secluded, you know, we might see, uh, you know, music come out from artists that is completely different and completely, uh, you know, associated with this tough time that might just be um, revolutionary. So, uh, you know, I, that's one of the things that if I could take any solace out of this I just look forward to what's created in this artistic medium and how it uh, resonates with everyone that's going through this. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think that's going to be something that helps us all get through this, you know? Amen, brother. So I guess uh, we'll leave it at that because, you know, typically yeah. we talk about like some upcoming tours that we're excited to see. And I think mm-hmm. life right now is just put on hold. Um, yeah, we, we will continue to put out episodes and, you know, bring you some content and hopefully we bring some enjoyment to your life that, you know, you might need an hour and a half of, you know, escape and throw on your headphones and just have us in your background while you're pounding out your work at, you know, while you're home. So, um, yep, you know, yep. make sure you subscribe because, you know, we're going to keep putting out the episodes and, uh, have some really great conversations about you know what makes us fans of both this kind of music and 
the sport that we love. So, uh, Tommy mm-hmm. V, we'll leave it at that. Um, peace be with you, my friend. And also with you. Thorns.